Welcome to the Modern Philosophy Podcast. I am your host, Ashley Hayes, and this episode is called All That Glitters Ain't Gold. Subtext, sometimes it ain't even glitter. (laughs) As y'all know, I've been in the dating pool since 2018, and that means it's been about 2019. So about three years I've been in the dating pool. And so around March of this year, I met somebody on Bumble. Let me just start by saying, if you have the app, just go and delete it. (laughs) Just delete the apps because this story will change them for you. But um, so we dated for about five months shortly after matching. And then we took a break about halfway through. And that is important. It is an important key to the story. Um, So I want to take this opportunity to get into like what happened in that relationship. What was at play? What I learned, um, my responsibility and how it went. And I also want to talk about how I got fooled and emotionally scammed by a pathological liar and a narcissist. So buckle up because this one is going to be a ride. Let's start by talking about like what got me here. What made this man so attractive? What lured me in? So when we matched, he asked me for my number so that we could jump right on the phone. And I actually thought that was dope. I was like, okay, cool. You know, let's talk. Let's see if we, you know, rock with each other. So I had a feeling during our first conversation that he was self-centered. Let me tell you why. The conversation was mostly about like his views on relationships, you know, what he was looking for. He didn't really ask me a whole lot of questions. And so I said to myself, eh, you know, maybe it's too soon. Maybe socially awkward. Fuck it. We ball. Um, so the reality is I wasn't trusting my own intuition. My little voice inside was saying, mm-mm, this ain't right. And I was like, nope, 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 nope. We, we're just going to see what happens next, right? <laughs> so let me start by telling you what sort of lured me into this man. So his dating profile says that he's a lawyer. And so in his dating profile, he has his interests listed. Um, he has a picture in a gym and he says that he owns the gym that he's in, right? So I'm like, local business owner, you know, good looking guy, um, lawyer, like this sounds really, really dope. And so he asked me for my phone number and I just hopped on the phone. I thought that was pretty dope. And so I had a feeling in our first conversation that something wasn't right or that he was self-centered because the conversation was mostly like his views on relationship and what he was looking for. But I said, fuck it, we ball. But fuck it, we ball was actually me not listening to my inner voice. I had a moment where I was like, "Mm, he sounded a little self-centered. And I should have been like, nah, I'm just not as interested as I thought I'd be. But nope. I kept going. I was ignoring that voice. And I'm really learning like how to lean into that voice and be like, okay, heard you the first time. So now let's talk about the red flags I ignore. So our first day, I picked a place. This man pulls up in a Tesla, y'all. He tells me, you know, he's an attorney by day and he owns this gym um, that he's the general manager of overnight. And he's the GM because he wants to put like these policies in place to make sure that it runs well when he becomes a judge. (laughs) So we get to the cash register, right? And he's like, you want to pay? And I'm like, are you 
serious right now? And he was like, oh, I got it. But, you know, if you pick the place, you're supposed to pay. And I said, that's the dumbest shit I ever heard. And I will leave you standing here at this cash register. And so he ended up paying. But I realized that that was the first action in a series of just like doing the bare fucking minimum. And so I just find it in my mind. I'm like, you know, I, some, I know some people are wary of being taken advantage of and dating. You know, it's a lot of scamming going on out here. But there is a cost to it. We pay to play. And a lot of people don't see that. Women also pay. Whether we don't pay for the dates, it's paying for outfits. It's paying, you know, for the look. It's paying to look our best, to smell our best. Like, going to the nail shop, manicures, pedicures, waxes, all of that stuff is expensive. And so I think that, you know, as much as as much as much you don't want to be taken advantage of, you just need to flat out put that in your budget. And so that was off to me. And he had an egregious sense of entitlement and I accommodated it. I have a line in my poem, Clown, where I say, you know, I learned from generations of women how to put the needs of men over my own. And it's true. I witnessed a pattern of just catering to them, even when it isn't reciprocated. And I'm still working to break that pattern and to put my needs first. But in this case, I allowed his need to feel like I was investing to trump my need to feel like he was investing. And so make sure you have a clear understanding of who is paying and what the other person's expectations is because it's kind of weird out here. I should have left his ass standing right there and I didn't. Red flag number two, he didn't willingly reciprocate in our relationship. And I say willingly because he did realize that if I didn't get something I wanted, he wasn't getting what he wanted. But still, the changes weren't sustainable. They were bare minimum because they weren't genuine. It was very disconnected and I, I ignored it. I don't even, now that I think about it, I don't even know if he ever actually said my name to me. And that should have been a red flag. Red flag number three, didn't meet my needs regularly and I didn't move differently. You know, Pam, who's a regular on the show, we talked to her on the Modern Love series. Um, and she'll be back this episode. She often says, I mean, she'll be back this season. She often says you can't be mad at somebody for not giving you what you want if you haven't asked for it. I did clearly ask for it. I made a freaking list. And he would say things like, oh, I didn't know you felt that way or I'll be more considerate. Just just give me some more time. Give me a couple more paychecks. He even made agreements to do specific things. And it was bait. He followed through with the bare, bare minimum. Red flag number four, he was stingy. And I would say cheap, but he had expensive things that he was willing to pay for. One time he complained about buying me a $25 candle that he offered to buy. We got out of a $100,000 Tesla that day. Why would $25 be a big deal to you? But I was willingly engaging, knowing that I don't like stingy people. Why? Because he was making a lot of statements. He was making a lot of promises. And six months after I pay down some debt, we're going to take a vacation. Um, then we're going to have a spa day and whoop, whoop, whoop. And what he ended up doing was making new commitments, like buying a $30,000 bike and attempting to breed dogs, but none of those things benefited me. And so that's the mark of a scam. You're expected to give up something first in exchange for something the other person really doesn't have. Number five, 
he was not willing or wasn't able to give me his undivided attention, literally. If we were on the phone, he was doing something else. If we were on a date, he was on the phone. And I allowed this pattern of behavior, making excuse for excuse. I remember calling somebody and I'm like, yo, is this normal, you know, for somebody to be on the phone this much? And they're like, well, you know, um, men with a lot of businesses don't have a lot of time. And so they're probably going to be multitasking. It's BS. You can have at least some more of quality time. Number six, first, the first time I did speak up about it, he was like, you don't understand. I appreciate my time, the time that I give. And so I was like, fuck it, bounce. Like, I don't want to do this. But I left the door open and he walked right back in. And I have a really tough time cutting ties with people, even if they mistreat me. That's a pattern that I saw growing up. Just, you know, even if somebody mistreats you, even if if you're angry, that you still have to engage with them. And I'm like, I don't want that. I want accountability. And so if I close the door again, I hope to God I have the strength to deadbolt that bitch. Number seven, he worked two jobs and complained about being tired and not having the capacity and being tired, you know, not having enough time. And I didn't hold him accountable consistently. I didn't enforce no consequences, no boundaries, and it didn't help either of us. I continued to invest even though he wasn't actively investing. And I trust, I was trusting that he would deliver on his promises and I'm rocking with somebody. But now that I look back on it, it all doesn't make sense. And so that leads to this pattern of manipulative giving where like you try to show somebody you're invested with the expectation that they're going to see what you're doing and then, you know, respond and match those efforts. That's not a relationship. That's an unpaid internship. And so I know that manipulative manipulative giving only leads to resentment, but I'm a human and it's a pattern. These are patterns that are ingrained in society oftentimes, just manipulation, trying to get somebody else to do what we want them to do. And it's a pattern that I'm still unlearning. So the last straw the push for me to finally be like, you know what, we are not doing this no more, um, was when I took care of his dog. Now, his dog was very sweet. Um, and I had this dog for two weeks. And when I tell you, he didn't even bother to, like, contribute to her being here because he sold it as, well, it'll be your dog if these two weeks go well. So I bought food, a crate, bed, I mean, you name it. I even returned the dog groomed only for this nigga to act nonchalant and be like, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you about that. What? And so I realized that I did a piss poor job of establishing agreements that I completely bypassed that part. And so I was like, we need a new agreement where I'm getting what I want because you are already getting what you want. And he was like, nope. And I am grateful. I'm grateful that he walked away. I'm grateful that if I spent five months with somebody selfish, I didn't make it six. And that's one thing about me is like, I learn from every experience, but patterns that are like ingrained in you, they take a long time to really learn how to undo. But, you know, I learned some things about my own financial life dealing with him. I learned how to actually budget. You know, I make budgets for projects, but I learned how to actually budget finances and what that actually means. I learned that I do want a dog. I really do like dogs. And I found some that I'm not allergic to. So hopefully I'll get one. And I learned that so self-work and undoing old patterns 
It's a journey and you have to have grace for yourself and when you act out of alignment with your values. And so I learned that fundamentally, I need somebody generous. Like it's something that I cannot compromise on. It's something I can't overlook. I learned that if I hide parts of myself, it's because I don't feel safe. He never really knew who Ashley Hayes was and really he didn't know Kira. The truth is, is that we were kind of scamming each other. I was hiding parts of myself, you know, hopes of getting something from him. And he was doing the same. And Bell Hooks talks about this in All About Love. And you see it in movies all the time where a woman is told to pretend or to hide a flaw in order to secure the bag. It's old. It's antiquated. And we we don't need men to sign on the dotted line anymore. I need to like you <laughs> if I'm gonna mess with you at this point. And so I asked myself and my therapist, I said, you know, why was I making the choices I made? Why was I ignoring the now obvious red flags? Because hindsight is 2020. And the, the biggest answer is fear. You know, fear that um, another educated, good-looking person with good income won't come along. Fear that being single for an unknown amount of time. I had to remind myself, though, that fear and love can't hold the same space. I wasn't loving him. He wasn't loving me. And I was also discovered that I was subconsciously tying my worth to productivity and external factors. So because I wasn't working as much as I wanted to work because my hair and nails done weren't done as often because I was in a slow season, I lowered my standards because I didn't feel worthy. And that's a big pill to swallow. And so I'm grateful for grace, knowing that I can walk in my worth now, grateful that I can make another choice now. And I truly believe that niggas are narcissists. <laughs> and a characteristic of that is making yourself seem grand or like you have more than you have. I wanted the guy who could provide me with financial security and he seemed like he could do that. But it was really, he never really did anything to support that as an intention. And so I had to give myself grace. I was saying things like, I should have known better. I should have left sooner. Why didn't I see it? But it's subconscious. A lot of it is muscle memory. I was also performing the part of the submissive woman. You know, he didn't really know the smart, powerful, philosophical me. He knew the small parts of myself I was willing to show. And so truthfully, I didn't feel safe being my whole self. And so we live in a society where we're conditioned that we have to trade parts of ourselves for the economic security, that we have to ignore our own emotional needs. And I just, I renounce that. I don't think that that has to be true. Um, this made me really examine my value system. And I no longer value financial security more than my own emotional safety. And I have to if I have to be in a poorhouse, then I got a community of people who will let me be in a poorhouse and, you know, will hold me up while I'm there and who actually love me for who I actually am. And that is where my hope and my faith lies. So one thing I took to Twitter to say, which garnered a lot of attention, was just because you accepted bullshit yesterday does not mean you have to accept it today. It's not too late to make a different choice. What helped me make a different choice was realizing he made his, you know. I talked to one of the members of my wise council who happens to be a lawyer, and he reminded me that me and this dude have the same 24 hours. He made choices that occupied his time, money, and energy. He made choices that didn't prioritize me. 
So it was time for me to prioritize myself. And it was that call that made me conscious of what was happening. And that's why I think it's so important to have mentors and coaches and therapists who can see what we can. What interrupts a scam is someone shining a light on it. Someone saying, that don't sound right. And reminding you of what healthy relationships should look like. So after that conversation with my wise counsel, I saw him, I didn't want this agreement and he left. And so I went to text him about the dog and I realized he blocked me. And my spidey senses start tingling and something said, reach out to somebody who knows him. And I asked his sister if she would talk to me. And y'all, this woman, she was like, he lied about everything. His name is not what he told you. He's not from where he told you he's from. Um, he definitely is not a lawyer, y'all. She was like, he work at home from Comcast. This man's hiding a child, hiding a woman who was in the process of leaving him. Like, then I realized it was a clever scam that he thought if he did just enough that he would get somebody else to sort of fill that void. The glitter was not only gold, it was not even damn glitter. It was tinfoil, y'all. More importantly, he hated himself. And I really believe that he hated the women that he was dating. And my guess is that somewhere, somebody, somebody hurt him and he decided that everybody else would pay for it. But that's his work, not mine. And that's somebody else's debt, not mine. And so this is now my second go with dealing with liars who I have met on the internet. So I am done with that chapter of my life for a while, or at least I'm done in Atlanta. Hate to do it, but it's got to be done. Um, But obviously I'm the expert. So not for nothing. I know better now. And so here's some basic rules for evaluating whether or not something might or is, might be, or is a scam. Number one, the age old saying is true. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Now, I'm a believer in miracles, which is why, you know, I believed what he said, because um, I am who I am. And I'm also prone to falling for scams. But I also play the lottery. But I realized that playing the lottery, you still have to buy the ticket. So you don't get something for nothing. You still pay to play. And I've also seen seemingly impossible things happen. I've seen women gain economic security through healthy romantic relationships. Healthy is a key word. So I do believe that I can have those things. And I later asked myself, you know, why is the lawyer with the business single? If he was such a good fish, why did the last person put him back? I avoided the curiosity because deep down I knew. I knew the answer. So if something sounds too good to be true, ask an obscene amount of questions. Get damn near close to interrogation. Someone whose intentions are good won't mind being patient as you learn them. Make that a requirement. Make it a boundary. Don't want to answer questions about your past? Bye. Don't want to meet your family? Goodbye. Don't want me to tell you how your day went? Peace. Don't want to FaceTime me on vacation? Deuces. When you begin to shine a light on things, you realize that the roaches scatter. Those in denial do not want to be close to the truth. So to that end, if you want to DM me for this man's name and picture, I will happily send it to you. Number two, how to spot a scam. If things are happening too fast, it's probably a scam. If they love you after one month, they know that you're the one after a few dates. Real love and trust is built over time. Even if you feel good about it, you can't know someone without time. Actions over time. Number three, everything is always urgent with a scammer. 
They need it by Monday or they need you to send the money before they get give you the thing that they're promising. All of my truant partners invested in me often before I even knew what the finished product was going to be. I didn't have to jump through hoops to earn partnership. They offered it willingly. Number four, scammers always got a sob story. They grandma sick. They house need a repair. They work two jobs and they tired. They pretend to be whole and have it together, but they suddenly find themselves vulnerable and you're the only person who can help them. Number five, I talked to my brother about this and he said something that stuck with me. He says, scammers move on once the account is closed. So whereas people who really feel like they lost something might be willing to discuss what happened in a healthy way, scammers going to abandon you the minute they stop benefiting. And that's what made me call his sister was the abandonment thing that was a trigger for me. I didn't realize it. Come to find out, it's a pattern. One song on my manifest list is Bank On It by Burner Boy. And he said, the lyrics are, you can bank on it. You can put a hundred grand on it. Anything I say, I stand on it. I need that energy. I don't want to put all my chips on the table and then see the person next to me snatch their chips before the bets are called. I want somebody to meet me in the middle, share the risk, share the reward. Some cases you got to share the loss. I want something I can bank on. And I have that in non-romantic partnerships. So I'm not going to settle for less than that. The song of the week is No Scrubs by TLC. I think it is quite appropriate for this episode. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to the Modern Philosophy Podcast, where together, that means me and you together, are learning better, doing better, and being better. As always, please remember to hydrate, moisturize, mind your business, and wash your damn hands. And I will see y'all next time. Oh, 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 oh.